0: It's time to take your seat in the front row with Mike Vaccaro. Here's your host, Mike Vaccaro.
1: Hey, thank you, Chuck, and welcome, everybody, in the front row with Mike Vaccaro. I am your host. Behind the scenes, as always, J.R. Quitman, our creator, producer, and director. Up to episode number 40. Before we get to that, we do want to thank you. And thank you a lot for uh, watching, subscribing to our podcast. And those of you who watched our one on Mugsy Bogues, you helped make it 1,000 views. So we thank you for that. Continue to do so. A lot of great episodes out there. Be sure to subscribe as well, as we'll have more great guests coming up. Now, as for episode number 40, it's a street legend. It's a guy who was a big name in college in the pros as well, Kenny Anderson, From Queens, big-time point guard, went to Archbishop Malloy, went to the Final Four at Georgia Tech, and made a name for himself as a number two pick in the NBA as well. Stints with the Nets, the Celtics, other stops as well. Now doing some coaching at Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. He joins us to tell us about his life growing up in those streets of Queens and how he got to where he is right now and what he wants to do with his coaching career. A lot to get to here in this episode. Episode number 40 of in the front row with Mike Vaccaro featuring Kenny Anderson uh, Kenny first of all we, we appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule I know you're coaching now and you're, you're yeah. getting ready for the season but uh, but thanks for spending some time with us and the, how, how's the coaching going
0: uh it's something I love to do you know um, this is a, a trying time because everybody is recruiting and I'm you know I'm in a small school in NAIA fish University very uh, competitive academically. But we're trying to build a basketball program up, the sports program up. Um, so it's an exciting time, but everybody's trying to get in and get with the team and I only 12 to 15 guys that could be on a basketball team. So that's the that's the difference. And I hate I hate breaking hearts, you know, for these young men that want to play. You can't play, you know, all the guys, I can, you know, only I don't even want to play eight to ten guys. So it's you know, that's the that's the hard part of coaching, you know, uh, who you, you know, who wants you going to break. And that's yeah. that's tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you're, you're at Fisk University in Nashville now. And uh, let's go back to the beginning for you. We want to talk about you and how you got to where you are right now. And obviously you grew up in, in Queens, New York, in the, the Frack City. And, you know, it was a tough neighborhood, obviously. What was that like for you growing up there and, and the challenges to get to where you are now?
0: Oh, it was tough, but, you know, um, I come from a tough family. Uh, my mother raised me, you know, um, it was just south side Jamaica, Queens from 1 to 9. Then my, you know, eight section over there, the, uh, the playground, that's where I learned to play basketball. Uh, my sister Danielle, uh, I talk to her every morning. She has to call me at 10 o'clock every morning, start my day off. So whatever time zone we're in, I just answer it. And it's always my my sister that's who, um, you know, got me to love love the game of basketball. So when I had my first daughter, I named it Danielle, who had my my sister. So it was just a um, it's just great uh, playing uh, in New York City, playing the playgrounds. They just did the documentary uh, Point Guards, so it was just great. I'm, I'm glad that they had me in there.
1: Uh, yeah, you you're definitely one of the, the outstanding point guards in in the city. And when, I guess, age-wise, when did you realize that okay, basketball is is my thing, and it's my thing that maybe can get me out of uh, here and and onto some better things?
0: Uh, I guess my, my fifteen years old, I played on the varsity team, uh, and I won the MVP as a freshman. Uh, that that took off from there that night. You know, um, played Tallentown High School. And I was a freshman, and I never played the first quarter. I only played three quarters. It really didn't matter because I made the team as a freshman. I was so excited at home. I ran home, told my my, my mentor, my mom. I was so happy. So it was it was just a joy of mine just uh, to play at Archbishop Malloy High School under a, a famous uh, Jack Kerrick was the coach there. He was just awesome.
1: And for you, you know, playing for, for, for Coach Karen there, what was that like for you, and what Let, influence did he have on you?
0: Playing for Coach Karen, uh, you know, all the great point guards went there. Kenny Smith went there with the North Carolina. Uh, this way before me, Brian Brian Winters went there. Kevin Joyce played on the Olympic team, went there. So we had a lot of great players. So um, it just was a – he he knew the game, but he also was a great mentor of your life. Uh, he was a life coach, um, and uh, he set me up right. He set me up right. It wasn't it wasn't all about basketball with him. It was more to more about just life lessons, and I learned so much uh, coming out of uh, um, Malloy. But first of all, I learned cult- the culture. Culture, good culture, and that was his format of a team culture. You have to have it. If not, you you don't have to play here. And that's what he was. That's what he was all about. Team. He was all about team.
1: Yeah, I, I know you didn't know your dad maybe until later in, in life. Did did you lean on somebody like like you know your high school coach to to kind of be that presence at times and and, and really help you kind of guide you at, at times.
0: Yeah, my my mentor, Vincent Smith, was my mentor, and Coach Karen. Those were my mentors I listened to. And Pierre Turner was a a New York judge, and he was my mentor. So, them guys really guided me in the right direction. And uh, I listened to them. And this is what most kids nowadays don't listen. I listened, and then I carried out. I carried it out. And it all worked out for me. I trusted these guys, and... uh, that's basically what it did it helped me a great deal
1: yeah there you see coach karen there the uh the head coach of archbishop maloya legendary head coach and uh, did some great things here you mentioned you know kenny smith before you what kind of influence was he because it seemed like you know i had a chance to watch your documentary that that you were a little influence on him especially with your skills and the way you play the game
0: his brother vincent smith is my mentor now kenny smith awesome I wanted to be him and I wanted to be better than him. So I looked at him for that, you know, uh, encouragement and he gave it to me. And we from the same neighborhood, Lefrak City. Uh, But, you know, I was over there at his house before I started high school. He had about 200 trophies, like all over the place. And I said, wow, he got 200. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be, I wanna get those trophies. And I just I set out to be the best, you know, and that's where I got more trophies than him. <laughs> but but he does have the two uh, world championship uh, rocket rings that I'm pissed off about. But nah, but uh, he does. He 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 did it, man. He did it on every level. Um, he's he's a great mentor. He's a great friend. Uh, he's doing well. He's a great father. Kenny Smith is an awesome human being, and that's one of the reasons I'm who I am, because I looked up to him.
1: Well, you said, you know, the, the trophies, but individually, you had a, a lot of accolades, especially in high school. Four-time Parade All-American, the first time since Lou cinder People know him as Krumaldo Uh All-City four times. What, what made you such a prolific sc- scorer? You, you ended up with 2,621 points in your career there.
0: Well, scoring was good, you know, for me at the time, but I was a playmaker, you know, a, a, a team. I, I think I went to Malloy and they made me into, you know, a team. I was more of a team guy. Whatever I had to do to win that night, that's what I did. Sometimes I had to score. Sometimes I had to sit, Sometimes I had to defend. So it was just a bunch of, everything came into what. And back then, you know, I, I could shoot the ball very well. I worked on my shot very well. And, uh, you know, um, I, I scored a lot of points. But then it would depend on my roster, who I played with, you know, what I had to do. And I was able to adjust my game to the team.
1: Was being a, a lefty, being a lefty, is that a plus? And, and, you know, a look that maybe not everybody sees as a defender?
0: Oh, definitely. You're left-handed, you know. I'm left-handed. So guys are jumping. You know, I'm shooting guys jump on the right side all the time. that's the day. That's what they're about, you know, right-handed players. So my left is always open. So, you you know, you you concentrated on those things and left side layups, but it it was hard for left-handers to use both hands. So I had to practice that using my right, stuff like that. So I use my right every now and then, but you know, that's where I love watching Kyrie Irving play uh rod strickland because they use both a very skillful use of both hands i i got late you know but uh those guys are awesome
1: so again outstanding high school career you're the number one recruit in the country obviously a lot of coaches come calling and uh it came down to what duke north carolina syracuse and then georgia tech what was that whole process like because it had to be a little crazy for you
0: it wasn't crazy at all no it was only two schools because that's just how I was. I didn't want all the schools. And I wanted to finish my senior year, grades, just enjoy my senior year. I didn't want that in the back. So I, I, I decided way before my school started, it was Syracuse or Georgia Tech. I wanted to go to Syracuse because of Pearl, Washington. But uh, my mother, you know, wanted me to go to Georgia Tech because of Coach Crimmins. And um, that's where I went. I went where my mother told me to go. And it all worked out for me, so it was a blessing. So that was it. I, I decided to go there. I signed my letter of intent, and that was it. And then I had my whole year ahead of me. I was, I was good.
1: Pearl Washington was he another kind of mentor for you? Someone that you looked up to, and wanted to emulate?
0: Yeah, yeah. Pearl Washington was that guy. You know, he wasn't so much a mentor, but he was a, a good guy because I was, I was younger than him, and he lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Queens, but I wanted to watch him. He's the best point guard out of New York City period to to me period but um he, he was just awesome
1: yeah that's 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 saying a lot right there uh, yeah. again talking to to one of the best here in Kenny Anderson yeah. uh tell us about Bob Cremins what, what was he like as as your head coach and and again going through that recruiting process to get you to play for the Yellow Jackets
0: oh coach Cremins is a, a players coach but he's a he's a great man great man and he, he he coached a lot of great players: Dennis Scott, um, Brian Oliver, Malcolm Mackey, uh, Harpering, who played for Utah. Uh, uh, no, um, who else? Uh, he, he, he coached uh, Darrell, Darrell Farrell, Mark Price, John Sally. You know, he's got. He was just a great coach. But he was also a, a player's coach. I really felt like you know he was good. He was great for me. Um, um and those coach jack Carey, my high school coach coach crimmins was two of the best coaches of my life
1: and you talked you know you mentioned some of the big names there and, and while you were there as a freshman it was lethal weapon three you know big movie at the time and it was you brian oliver and, and dennis scott you're the hot shot freshman coming in how, how did that you know seem to get together and so quickly and have the success that you had so quickly
0: it was kind of like I was back at Malloy. It's it everything set up the way it was for me. Uh, I was a freshman, and I was uh, I was a very humble guy. I'm a humble person anyway, so I just I just wanted to fit in, whatever the team. Because I knew, and this is all my this is I, I had four years, so you know I was I was just wanted to win, period, and wanted to be around a good group of young men. And I want to grow each year, and I've grown. I want to grow. Georgia Tech means the world to me. You know, uh, not just the coaching staff, the players, but the school. Uh, I have a lot of love for it. Uh, And I just came in there, wanted to grow, have fun, and go to class and enjoy myself, and I did that.
1: Yeah, as a freshman, again, 1990, you win the ACC championship. You're the fourth seed in the NCAA tournament. What was the message going into that tournament from Coach Kremmens? Because obviously you put together an incredible run that took you all the way to the final four.
0: Yeah, no nobody now, this is about the confidence of everybody on our team. Nobody's gonna beat us if the game is close. Nope nobody that whole year. So that's what we live by. Just keep the game close, let's execute, let's get and then we just got into, you know, myself, Dennis Scott, Brian Oliver, Lethal Weber Three. We it was just it was hard to it was hard to stop because Dennis Scott is, is just he was just fluid from outside. Brian was a, a dog rebounding in the lane. And then me, I'm, I'm orchestrating everything, you know, from outside. And I can hit you from outside. I can get layups. So, and then Malcolm Ackley rebounding. We had Johnny McNeil, uh, Carl Brown. We just had a good team. And um, we said that Brian, Brian Oliver was our captain. And uh, we said, just keep the game close and we'll beat anybody. And when we almost, we should have did. We, you know, I got into foul trouble against UNLV, but um, that's what we wanted to do, and we did. We just kept it, and we had so much fun. My my high school years, four years, and my two years at Georgia Tech, the best ever. That that those six years was the best ever in, in my life. When I got to the NBA. It was different, <laughs> but six years, nobody, nobody had. <laughs> I don't know who had the best six years of their life playing basketball than me. It's Crazy.
1: Yeah, great success for the team. Great success for you. Let's go back to that the run again in 1990. It started, you know, like a lot of close games. ETSU wasn't as close, but then it was LSU, and and you beat them. And this was Shaq as a freshman, right? In the Chris Jackson as well, their point guard. That was a tell us about that matchup and what that was like to try to slow him down. You know, Shaq in in. In his early days at the LSU.
0: Yeah, they had a good team. They had a very good team. You know, um, with Shaq, Stanley Robbins, Chris Jackson. But we we was down big, about 50, 17 points early. So we just had to play. So we just kept playing. We knew we'd get back into the game the way we played. Fast breaking, shooting, everything was so relaxed. But um, they was big. So we had to, you know, get it from outside. Then the sky started lighting them up. And then I started orchestrating the perimeter, and then we just Brian out, cutting to the basket, rebounding, playing team defense. We, we, we were just awesome. And we, we got that win by three points, something like that.
1: Yeah, that was uh, 94-91. Then an overtime win against Michigan State. You had the big shot, right, against the, the Spartans in the, the next round?
0: Yeah, I I, I put the game in the overtime, but then Dennis Scott won the game. And he should have. You know, the year he had was awesome. He went number four in the draft to Orlando. He just played very extremely well in the whole tournament. He couldn't be stopped.
1: You said Minnesota the next game, and then UNLV where where you got into foul trouble. Yeah. Uh, difference of the game, you think in your in your mind? I mean, UNLV eventually went on to win the national championship yeah. that year. We
0: lost. We lost by ten points, but eight to ten. But yeah, I got in foul trouble. You know, and then we he, he took me out, and I you know. The better team won UNLV. They played extremely well. We just had some mishaps along the way. Again, and, and we should. And with that team, you can't have those kind of mishaps because they'll beat you and they beat us. But uh, they had some you know, first round draft choice: Greg Anthony, Stacy Ogman, Larry Johnson. You know that's that's just great. But we had three that, three players that was that was tough also. But um, Moses Scary played. Um, on UNLV, he's from Brooklyn. So uh, he's, he, he was a great guy. So um, it, it was so much, so much uh, competitiveness against them. Just that whole tournament for us. We wanted to beat everybody.
1: As you said, an incredible six years for you. No social media at the time, but what was it like dealing with the media? Did you get, obviously, I would think a lot of media attention in New York during your high school days and then making that Final Four run. How did you deal with all that?
0: I was good at it because I got it early. Fifteen years old, I was dealing with media, and I was in New York, so I knew what to say, what not to say, what to do. It was just awesome. Man. I was on front of every page in the morning. You know, it was uh, Daily News, New York Newsday, New York Times. I was everywhere, man. In high school, it was uh, it was um, it was incredible. On the, all the attention that I received but I had to deal with it and I dealt with it, you know, because I had good people in my corner and I was just always a humble young man. I just wanted to make it for my mother and I was able to do that.
1: Yeah. So again, great run. Final four as a freshman, averaged about 26 points as as a sophomore there. What went into your decision to forgo your last two years and, and to go to the NBA?
0: It was my draft where I was going. I was going top three. I wanted to stay in school leave my junior year. I didn't really want to leave. But uh, Coach Crimmins, you know, told me uh, 24 hours before that I, I'll be three, one, two, or three. So I had to go. And, uh, you know, I left and, uh, you know, the Nets drafted me. It was just an awesome night being from New York, being that the draft was in the garden. It was just an awesome night for me to be a part of it with David Stern there. You know, rest in peace, David Stern is one of the great commissioners the NBA. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, this was nineteen ninety-one, as you said, second overall behind Larry Johnson ahead of Billy Owens from Syracuse. And and you entered the NBA as the youngest player in the NBA. What yeah. was that like? And and who were some of your early mentors,
0: maybe because you were so young? I stayed, you know, with my mentors, you know, well my high school coach, I called Vincent Smith always was there with me, uh, Pierre Turner. Uh, I was the earliest guy in the. I was the youngest guy in the league. It happens. You just had to play. But um, I went to New Jersey Nets and uh, New Jersey. I love it. Regardless, I love it. Played there for four years. Played with some of the greatest players: Derek Coleman, Drazen Petrovic. I learned a lot. Played under Chuck Daly. Awesome, man. Awesome. Had a great career.
1: So close to home was it? Was that a blessing or was that a curse to, to be so
0: close to home? Some people would say it was a it was a curse, but I, I it was a blessing for me. Uh, my mother lived in Long Island, Glen Cove, and uh, uh, playing for New Jersey's uh, right 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 around. I was about an hour from the bridge. My mother lived. It was uh it was great, man, playing for the Nets. Uh, you know, it was awesome.
1: They just said, young in your freshman or your rookie season, but you progressed, in your third year, you were an All Star. How, in your mind, did you progress? What what had changed from rookie year to the third year when you became an All Star?
0: I had to prove myself because you know uh, my first year coach, um, Bill Fitch, rest in peace, passed away. I had nothing against him; I loved him, but he didn't play me my rookie year. I I didn't know why, but uh, my sophomore year, I started my, my I started playing extremely well, so uh, you know uh, I was able to you know. Weather the storm and uh, started competing very well, worked out, made the All-Star team, 94. So me and Derek, it wasn't like I made it. I made it like with the fans and that's I got voted to start. It was an awesome day. I got voted to start. Awesome.
1: It it didn't matter
0: with the coaches, because everybody got their, you know, uh, their beliefs, their own beliefs. Coaches, you uh I didn't care about the coaches, the fans. When I made it, I was I was like, hey, that's it. I made it. The fans. I was black. Was, you can't say nothing when the fans vote you on.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, you averaged almost 19 points in that third season. And you mentioned some of the coaches, Bill Fitch, Chuck Daly, Butch Beard during your time with the Nets. So you, you went from consistency and, you know, at Archbishop Malloy and Georgia Tech, and then a lot of coaching changes. What's yeah. what's that like for for a player, especially a young player?
0: It's tough. It's tough. But you got to have the right mindset. And uh, I, I don't I don't know if I had it. I was I was up and down the lead. I was getting tired, you know, with, with everyday life, everyday things I'm going through, my family and stuff like that. I I you know, I was just getting tired. I I I think. Uh, being um, being blessed to play basketball on every level was a, was a blessing to me uh basketball is easy life is hard and that's the thing and I just got tired you know but I got tired but I knew that was a a, 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 a way that I could take care of my mother you know, to play basketball and um, you know that that's the, that's that's the real you know get tired of something, and I just got tired. I was – from 14, 15 years old, I've been playing. I've been the man, and I just I just got tired, man. With everything that comes with it, I just got tired.
1: Well, you still had an outstanding career, and, you know, after your time with the Nets, you did get traded. You got traded yeah. to the Hornets. What was that like, you know, for the first time maybe knowing or thinking, hey, I'm, I'm not wanted here, and you get traded?
0: Oh, it was – it was yeah, – Uh, It was uh, kind of a mixed up, mixed emotions. But then when I got to Charlotte, I was fine. See, and that's where the business nature comes in when you're an NBA player. You got to deal with it. So I got there. I was just, I love Charlotte because that's ACC land, you know, Georgia Tech. So that's where I wanted to be at. But things don't, you know, the owners uh, sold the team and everything and, um, it was just one of those years. We played extremely well, though. I love playing with Larry Johnson, uh, Glenn Rice. Uh, we had a very good team. And I, I got the chance to play with Robert Parrish in Charlotte. And that, that was the Chief. That was just awesome. I'm glad I had the chance, the opportunity to play with him because he was uh, one of the greats in the Celtics history.
1: Yeah, the Chief. That is uh, one of the greats that uh, you had a chance to play with. That's amazing. And- you know, again, like you said, you, you go there, you play with some of those guys, and then you get a nice deal to go to, to Portland as well. What what was that like to, to kind of, uh, again, to know that you were going to help your family, help yourself as well, and have another opportunity at another place?
0: Well, Portland was everything to me because they, they gave me a contract, and then uh, it was just a great town to play for, great organization. Um, uh, rest in peace, Paul. Uh, the owner he was he was a great owner he was a great owner he, he passed away uh so I got a lot of love for Portland it's, you know, I played a year and a half there and then I got traded but uh I did everything that was asked of me to come in and play hard and play well and that's what I did so it was a blessing though playing for them
1: yeah as you said you, you got traded traded to Toronto but you did not want to go there and it worked out well for you. You got to go to the Celtics, so you've got to play for you know again one of the the historic uh, teams in the NBA, and you had some really good years there as well. What what do you remember about your time with
0: Boston? My time, I love Boston. You know, I was there five years, played under Rick Pitino, Jim O'Brien. Uh, we went to the Eastern Conference Final, played with some great players, Paul Pierce, Antoine Walker, great people. Uh, I love. Let's see. New Jersey, that's Boston Celtics, Portland Trailblazers. That's where I give all my love to. That's where I was, you know, I played the most minutes at. And uh, great cities. Those were great cities. And uh, I just loved it. You, you know,
1: again, you mentioned, you mentioned Robert Parrish, who was a Celtic. When you're at the Celtics, you had to be around some of the other guys, some of the big names, obviously a Bill Russell, who just passed away recently. What was your 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 run-ins with him and your time with him and and maybe lessons you learned from such an iconic sports figure and an activist, you know, away from the court as well? Now that's
0: Bill Russell, you say, right? Yeah, Bill Russell, rest in peace. He passed. You know, I really didn't get the chance to talk to him a lot, but when I talked to him, he gave us he gave me a, a lot of lessons, you know, about um, about uh, the, the racism we had to deal with and. It, 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 uh, Boston when he was playing uh, the game of life, you know, uh, uh, he's just a great, he just, he was a great, he's a great winner, but just a great person to understand and to get, I just wanted to listen to him, listen to his stories and learn from him. He's just an awesome, awesome, awesome man, man, awesome.
1: And you said your time there was good. Did did the fans embrace you and what you were bringing to the, the floor?
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Boston Boston was awesome, man. Getting a chance to play in the metropolitan area in Boston, can't beat it. Can't beat it. I love it. I love
1: it. Bounce around a little bit after that, the the Seattle Supersonics. You go to the Hornets in New Orleans uh, to lift the winnie as well. Did, did, at that time, could you see kind of the, your, your career kind of winding down a little bit? Were you, were you contemplating
0: retirement at some point?
1: Yeah, I didn't want to play no more.
0: I, I, my mother passed away in 2006. That's when I went overseas. I gave it up. I just, I didn't want to play no more. I wanted to get back. Uh, 2006, my mother passed. Um, and I just uh, went over there. Lithuania was great. Uh, Sabas, who I played with in Portland, owned the team. So it was great. It was great for me to understand. Going away for six months. So I had a lot of thinking to do. It was awesome. Yeah,
1: that's a that's a lot on on an athlete's mind, I mean, again, your career, when it ends, you're still so, so young and then dealing with the the passing of your mom as well. What are you thinking at that time? What What are you thinking is, is next for you at that point?
0: No, no I just wanted to get away. I didn't know. Uh, I just got away. Um, that was it. I had my wife, I had my, my keys with me. I this was, it was just, just was fun and, um, uh, I thought about what I, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to give back. So how I give back? I'm a basketball coach. It's great, you know, at a, at a university, Fish University, NAIA, small level. And I can teach these young men, not so much about basketball, but about, about life. And that's what I'm giving back to these young men. Hopefully they they, they grasp it. Some of them will, some of them won't. And that's life.
1: I'm sure you have your own coaching style, but but do you take from some of the coaches that you've had who, who from a coaching standpoint who was the biggest influence
0: on you? Well my biggest influence was Jack Karen, my high school coach. But you know, I I played for so many coaches and it's been great. And I from, learned from all of them and um, you know, uh, I I love I, I played for Brick Petito. He's now at Iona. Uh he's a great man. Uh I played for Jim O'Brien, coached with Rick Patino at Kentucky. Uh, he played, he coached in the NBA for many years. Um it's so, it's so many coaches. Uh and Nate McMillan, he's now at Atlanta Hawk. I played for him at, at Seattle. So, so I just give the coaches a lot of love, a lot of blessing, you know, because get a lot of their uh, uh, of, of, of their beliefs and what they what they um, what they're about in, in the game of basketball.
1: Yeah, so again, as you said, t- two thousand and six. You know, your your last games. You go into coaching. T- tell me about your documentary. You know, this is kind of, uh, I guess, it was billed as a midlife crisis time for you. Two thousand fifteen. I guess is that when they followed you around and
0: and. You I, know, I'm not the- sure, but you need to go watch it. It's on. Um, I did. I did. Amazon, Mr. Chibs, my documentary, Mr. Chibs, my nickname. My mother named me go check it out man I know you did it's a great doc it's my life uh I ain't cut I ain't cut no corners I wanted to be real with it and it's, it's real um, I I don't want to talk about it too because people out there watch it it's all pro, um, Prime Amazon Mr. Chibs so everybody in New York and the Atlanta even everybody call me Chips. that's my nickname
1: yeah it, I mean it's Again, I watched it the other night. A very honest, very very raw. Yeah. What, what what made you want to to do this? Because you really opened up, and and you know, as a sports fan, you see you on the court, but this is seeing you in a in a different light.
0: Uh, I wanted to do it. You know, I, I think one, my mother passed away, so I was able to just be be myself a little. I don't think if she was living, I would have been able to broadcast what I wanted to say on there. But um, I wanted to be. Uh, I want to be open so I can help others.
1: Dealing with the stuff that you you, you were dealing with at that time, obviously you, you've come through it and you're in a great position now. Does, does that help you from a coaching standpoint? And again, the life lessons that you're trying to tell, you know, your kids, your players, and even your, your kids that you have?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a, you know, life experiences, man, that's 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 the teacher That teach all of us. And uh, everything I've gone, I go through, I try to, you know, branch it out and give it back to my kids that I coach and stuff like that. So, you know, and uh, I'm always uh, uh, truthful with with, with, with parents, with with, with players, Uh, got to be truthful, you know, Uh, they got to see how, you know, how, how are you individually, how they can prosper from some of your information. And that's what I try to do, you know, to help them overcome some of the things that they're fighting.
1: And again, as we talked about beginning of the the interview here, you're at Fisk University in Nashville, uh, NAIA historically black college and university. So it's it's got a lot of history from from a school standpoint as well. What what are you trying to do from a basketball standpoint with that program?
0: I'm trying to build a program up and just. Uh, I would like to win. You know, everybody wins would like to win. But how are you, how how am I gonna win? Is it is it is it about winning on the court or winning in life? So that and that's where that's where it gets money at. You know what I'm saying? That's where you you try to find your fine line. I, I think I, you know, I got some good guys. So, you know, some guys wanna win just on the court. That's not cool got to win in life and that's what I'm trying to preach and um uh, you know um, I'll get it I'll get it you know here at this I, I love coaching here I love the Hbcu um it's just a it's just, it's just a great uh starting ground for me to over if I could overcome this I can overcome anything it's a blessing
1: yeah, and I know, you know, you mentioned the HBCUs and they're getting a lot more love these days. I know Chris yeah. Paul's done a lot of stuff to, yeah. to bring some attention to them and you've got, you know, Deon Sanders coaching uh, at Jackson State as well. It, HBCUs is kind of hidden gems from an athletic standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's let's call it a spade a spade. Let, I need mean, I'm at a private HBCU. I need some more love from my NBA guys. Come help me at Fish University down here in Nashville, Tennessee. Come give some love back you know, so I can get it going. I'm going to get it going regardless. But come on, man. Come on. You know, let's let's help out. You help all these other public, you know, HBCU. What about Fisk? Private. Come on. I'm here coaching, trying to help these young men.
1: Yeah, you, you're certainly doing that. And, again, you're, you're early in your coaching career. Where do you see this going? Obviously, you want to turn things around there, at Fisk. You uh, want to make the, them a champion. And, you know, where, where do you see your career going?
0: I'm not sure. I just got to live. Just give back. That's what my main thing is. I'm not sure, man. I just want to be here um, just to give back. That's the main thing. And that's what I'm doing. And I love it right now. I don't know when I'm 55, 60. Who knows? But right now, I'm only 51. I'm young. I still got that grind in me. So hopefully hopefully I can get it.
1: Yeah, you're still young, 51. I'll be 50 coming up. So, you know, do you get on the court with these kids? Do you, do you show them how it's, it should be done? Nah, shoot.
0: We could play horse foul shots, but I'm not running up and down no more. You know, I don't have that in me. But we could do, we could, I play horse and stuff like that. It's great.
1: How much do your current players know about you and your career?
0: They don't, they father and mother do, but they don't. You know, <laughs> now they know some of it they, with this, you know, Instagram and uh, the computers and all that you get, you know. But I, I understand it. It's all good, long as they, long as like they can get something from me. Far as uh, uh, teaching.
1: Yeah, as you said, you know, again, when you were playing your heyday, there wasn't social media. Now there is. Do you use social media to
0: your advantage? Yeah, I, yeah, it's great. You know, with the school and uh, the, the memories. Sometimes I, I blast. I, I, I'm. I'm I'm a stickler for Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, but but I mid September I'm gonna cut it off because my season start. We start uh, practicing and I can't be on there a lot. But right now I, I can give back, you know, uh, uh, some of my thoughts.
1: You know, again, a lot of accolades for you, a lot of honors for you. 2010, you graduated from St. Thomas University in Miami. Unfortunately, your mom didn't have a chance to see that. But but what did that mean to you? Because, again, you left Georgia Tech early, didn't, didn't get your degree at that time. What did it mean to you to get it in 2010?
0: Oh, it, meant, it meant the world to me. I wish my mama was here to see it. But, uh, you know, I walked and graduated. And, uh, I did it the right way, you know, uh, hard work. Um, and I knew I wanted to get into coaching. So I, in college, you have to have your degree. So I had to finish up school, and I, I, I did that. So it's just a blessing. And uh, St. Thomas University, great schools in Miami. So we played them this year, so I'm excited about that.
1: Before that, 20, 2008 New York City Basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, again, so many accolades that, that you've earned, you've won. Talk about all the trophies, trying to get more trophies than Kenny Smith. What, what's, what are you most proud of?
0: I'm most proud of graduating. You know when i graduated from college basketball has always been a you know it's just been there for me i've been it's, it's been easy my whole life but all the stuff i'm doing now like i grad i graduated 2010 and just trying to give back man um trophies I, I mess around i say but they don't mean anything you know they mean something but not as much as giving back and being a part of something that's bigger than you. And, uh, you know, if I build this university, if I, if I touch on some of these uh, young men's lives, then that's, that's, a, that's a blessing. Then I, I, know, I know I'm winning.
1: Again, you're not too far removed from your playing days, but uh, how much do you watch the NBA? How much do you think that, hey, my game would still translate in the NBA now?
0: I don't watch it a lot. You know, I watch the good, my, my three teams that I care about. But, you know, my, my game, it'll be easier for me now because they just shoot threes and space the court out. If you got good ball handling skills, you get anywhere. So it'll be easier. But, um, you know, the, the NBA is a great, great sport. Uh, it's doing so much, so so grateful just to pay attention to it as, as, as much as I do. But I watch the college game because I'm a college coach. And stuff like that so it's uh i love the game of basketball wherever it is playgrounds uh the arenas wherever stadium I'm, i love the game of basketball
1: well you mentioned it's, the playgrounds uh, i mean playing in the playgrounds in the city how did how did that toughen you up and help you for the player that you became
0: oh that's that's, that's what did it you know i'm six two i was 178 and Playing the play, I was tough. You, you couldn't call, you couldn't call them fouls. I'm from New York, so it is what it is. You know, you come to play, you play. You know, you know. Um, it's just <laughs> it's tough. You you have to play or you want to fight, one of the other.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that'll that'll certainly make you tough. You know, again, you're great shooters, great scorer, but a great passer as well. And you had some great guys to, to pass to, as you mentioned, Dennis Scott, Drazen Petrovic. Who, who who are some of the guys that you knew were gonna get you an assist when you get it
0: to, to them on the wing? Dennis Scott, uh drives of Riggs. I played with Reggie Miller, uh Dale Carey, Glenn Rice. Played with some greats, man. You know, that's 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 awesome. I played with some great shooters.
1: As you watch the game now, I mean who
0: who who do you like? Who 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 really sticks out? I like out Damon you. Lillard, Damon Lillard. Steph Curry, uh Kyrie Irvin, uh just like all the the guards. Uh Kevin Durant is awesome. Uh LeBron James has been doing it for so many years. He's awesome. Uh just a lot of great players, man. So a lot they they got about 20 players in the league. that's awesome. About 20.
1: Again, doing great work now. Mr. Chibs, how can people find that if they want to watch that? And again, just just get a real so on Amazon. It's so on Amazon.
0: So on Amazon, it's Mr. Chibs, Kitty Anderson's story. Go check it out. You must check it out. Big time.
1: What's the response you've gotten from that? Again, it came out in 2017, oh, awesome. but what was it?
0: Uh, it awesome. Um, Jill Campbell, who's the who's the director, did a hell of a job on it. I'm um, getting I mean, a-, a plus, you know, on it, and uh, I think the, re- the I was so real. Yeah. You know, I, I just didn't hide enough. I just came out, and told the truth, and um, it's a, it's been a blessing, man. Love it, love it.
1: Were were some people surprised by some of the stories that they heard about you? That, that maybe maybe they I'm not
0: sure because I am yeah. not sure because I haven't talked to them. They said we saw it, we loved it, both. that was it. But uh, that's just life.
1: How else? How can people follow you? And how, how can people follow you and follow Fisk this year and as your season goes on?
0: You, know, you can follow me at this. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Chibs underscore one on Twitter. And then on Instagram, uh, Kenny Anderson, 7357. I said 57 because that's what, 57. Uh, Kenny Anderson at 7357. Uh, that's my Instagram post. And uh, just follow me, man. You never know what I'll say. I'll say some some inspirational things. That's what I'm on, to try to get guys, women, guys, whoever, just to do, do the right thing.
1: Well, Kenny, this has been a lot of fun to talk to uh, a legend that you are. And uh, I can't thank you enough for spending a little time uh, with us, and certainly interested to see how you guys develop, how you build that program there at Fisk, and, and, and we'll be watching.
0: All right. Thank you so much, man. Great, man. All right. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs.
1: (laughs) Well, great stuff. As always, we thank Kenny Anderson for joining us, taking a little time out of his schedule as he's about to get set for the start of another season there at Fisk University in Nashville. Wish him the best of luck. He and the Bulldogs tried to build that program. Be sure to follow him, follow that program this season as well. Again, we remind you, be sure to subscribe and like our episodes as well. More great guests coming up. You don't want to miss what's ahead as we count down toward our one-year anniversary coming up in a couple of weeks. Thanks for joining us here today in the front row with Mike Vaccaro. Have a great day, everybody.